everyone. Welcome to today's show. Before we get to our interview today, I would like to just remind you that we have the International Sacred Sexual Music Festival happening virtually live stream this year, April 16th, 17th, and 18th. I am going to be celebrating my birthday on the 17th of this Sacred Sexual Music Festival. We have over 20 plus sexuality experts, teachers, demonstrators, healing practitioners, and musicians that we all can learn from and reflect on a new way to honor our life force energy. So the speakers, the dancers, the musicians from all around the world are really going to get us in touch with the essence of our sexuality. We're going to learn how to live with a new, more sacred sexual energy in times of the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein era. We're going to learn about what different spiritual traditions teach about sexuality, how we can shift our culture to remember when our bodies were seen and known as sacred, why we live in a sex-phobic culture and how to step into a new attitude. We're also going to learn about our sexual life from the recent pandemic and social justice crisis. And we're also going to learn about the greater cosmological, planetary, and evolutionary cycles we are a part of. This is really going to be an amazing virtual festival. I do hope that you will join us. We have tickets for sale now. The link is in the show notes, but you can go to sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. All right, let's get to our guest today. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone. I am very, very excited about our next guest on the Path 11 podcast. It is probably one of the most interesting stories I have ever heard in my entire life. We are going to be speaking to the Freedom Alchemist, also known as Tammy Demirza. She specializes in creating the alchemy of setting people free and creating the relationship you want to stand with yourself and others. As an internationally sought after speaker, author, and intuitive, she helps individuals from all creeds and professions to stop running, start clarifying, and break through fears, protective mechanisms, judgment, shames, regrets, and the self-confidence needed to get the love that you want. She has served over 4,000 clients and has learned from some of the world's leading experts, and she uses her own method, the Tammy Demirza method, to help people live blissfully. I also had the opportunity to read her book, The Inmate and the Medium, and holy cow, do I have questions for her. So Tammy, I would like to welcome you to the Path 11 podcast. Thank you so much. And to all of your listeners, hello, welcome. Yes, welcome. We had to reschedule this a couple of times. So I was telling you before we kind of got on air, I read this probably about a month ago, um, but I kind of bookmarked some pages and, you know, just have some questions to ask about your extraordinary story of really being stripped of everything and having to lean into your trust of God and, you know, the universe and in the process, falling in love with an inmate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, so hopefully we could talk about soul contracts as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now like here you are doing this amazing work and, you know, helping all of these people just really get to the core root of what needs to heal. 
So I don't even know where to begin, but uh, maybe you can start off a little bit. If you can give our listeners just a little bit of a taste of this synopsis of, you know, your journey and where it has taken you up until today, that would be great. And then I'm going to ask you some questions from the book because there were just so many things very profound for me that um, I was really for sharing that April. I, uh, it was a, an extraordinary and the most terrific journey you could possibly imagine of literally going into the prison system as an intuitive, trusting people that I met, um, finding somebody that was like a Bernie Madoff that approached me. But I had been asked by spirit. I had been asking myself. Um, I was saying, God, bring me a teacher. Bring me a mentor. I, I want that for me. And I tried two people and they, they didn't work out. They were angry and they were mad and they were jealous. And, and they were telling me, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. Trying to put me in a box. And I was like, this feels like Southern Baptist to me. So I ran from both of them. And so I was asking for that teacher. And then one day I heard, and this is actually in the book, we have a school for you. Do you want it? And I said, yes. And then I heard, are you sure it's going to be one of the most difficult schools you've ever heard of? Yes, I want it. And then I heard again, are you sure the worst thing you've ever gone through, the most horrific thing you can imagine, you've never read about this from anybody else, are you sure you want it? And I said, yes. And as soon as I said yes, which a lot of people don't realize that we formally need answers, spirit, we need to say yes or no to certain things. Then once I did that, April, then the path began and the path was a, a very good one, but a very bad one. And I became homeless and I fell in love with the illusion of what the inmate thought he was. And he apologized for that a couple of years ago on my birthday and just said, I'm sorry, I really thought that I was spiritual. And I said, I know, but I forgave you years ago. It's okay." So the journey was one of really fulfilling my curriculum. Be careful what you ask for, because if you want to learn and you want to grow, the growth is painful and it's treacherous and it's jagged and it's uphill. But the rewards and where I am now and the fact that I overcame homelessness and now I have not since five years ago, once I overcame financial woes or almost falling off the cliff again and again and losing everything again. Once I did that, April, I've never I've never even come close again. I've learned alchemy. I've learned the game that we're playing here and I've learned how to play it. So that's a lot of what I do with my clients. Yeah. And the thing that was just so incredible to me was that even though, I mean, you, you lost all of your money, somebody stole it, said that they were investing it. Um, you know, like you said, you were homeless, you still lead into this blind faith per se. And I don't, it was not necessarily blind faith is probably the right word to use because, you know, God and I don't know if that's the right word to use either, but, you know, God was kind of showing up in your life enough, providing you enough synchronicities to kind of trust this, even though you were stripped of everything. And I think that was one of the bookmarks that I had in here that I found really remarkable about, you know, God kind of saying to you that, 
as long as you kind of lose everything of the physical, all that you really have is to rely on me and follow me. And that was just so powerful. It is. And I will tell you that many days, many days, I would wake up feeling sorry for myself, feeling like a victim, wondering why this was happening to me, even though I knew why it was happening. I knew about this goal and I was experiencing miracles. I really was experiencing real alchemy, creating something from nothing. I was still in pain. I was still working through the emotional trauma, which is underneath the surface. So I would wake up with a heaviness and I would be crying, feeling sorry for myself. And that, But I had this inherent knowing, April, that if I didn't get an alignment within hours, I was not going to eat. I knew what this journey was like for me. I knew that I really wanted to contribute to humanity. And I, I knew a lot about the spiritual laws and the lessons and the curriculum and the reason that we're here. But I'm living it real time. And I want to tell you, going from looking at reality and what was really happening in my life and not knowing if I was going to eat lunch or dinner, if I didn't get an alignment, if I didn't practice that transition from pain and suffering and limits to moving into a place of not only asking, placing my order and receiving it, I wasn't going to eat. That starkness of that journey, um, I actually had my daughter and my best friend say to me, I know what you're doing. I know the journey you're doing. I know it's mastery, but I don't ever want to go through mastery to have to learn what you're learning. And I'm like, I don't either, but I asked for this. And it's a matter of no matter what the people that are listening to us today are in, no matter what you have unconsciously created no matter what your curriculum is, no matter what predicaments you find yourself in, they're just predicaments and they can be changed in a holy instant. If we cross over from pain and suffering to what is this about? I'm going to honor it. I'm going to dive in it and swim in it and feel the pain of it and then overcome it. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. And you know, I, you kind of also say in your book too, I think I have it marked on, you know, 64, that even, um, you know, your loved ones, your children, you know, they're probably thinking, what the heck is mom doing? What is going on? But you, even in all of this, you know, you knew that you had to continue to follow this path. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was you said, every time I got mad at God and told him I was going to stop this madness, get a job and make a lot of money, I would hear, go ahead. You will not get it in this lifetime. You cannot work in the physical realm and do the spiritual work. So choose. And wow, that really resonates with me too. And I, I really wanted you to talk a little bit more about that because there, you know, I have experienced that myself, you know, I have a background in mental health, I'm a mental health therapist, yet I also have this whole spiritual practice and, and healer, you know, that I do with my clients. And I always have felt like staying in the clinical world and, you know, contracting with insurance companies and, you know, okay, well, that's safe. And that's been paying the bills, um, you know, and then but will my spiritual practice and being the healer that I am, will that really sustain me? 
And I see that as a fear that a lot of people who are in my position, your position are in. It's like, when do you let go of the rope and just fully trust? And, you know, maybe this is some of the alchemy that you're talking about. And that's what I have been practicing. And I haven't had to go homeless for it, you know, to go through it. But I would say I'm kind of starting to, I'm loosening that grip, having a little bit of an ego death and really trying to step into a little bit of this blind faith that I'll be supported in the work that I'm doing. So um, I just thought that was interesting. Like you can't work in the physical realm and do the spiritual work. So can you talk about that? Now, that was for me personally. That was that, you know, for me, I had signed up for a very intense curriculum and the specific things that I was there to learn so that I could teach, so that I could guide people home to their own alchemy, their own intuitive abilities, their own mediumship, because I believe that everybody has the same abilities that I have. I'm not gifted. I have done the work. And if you do the work, you have the same abilities I do. Um, for me, that was a very personal thing. When it comes to you, um, I wanted to know if you would let me just work with you for a moment here. Sure. sure. Get some clarity. One of the things that I offer is a six week program that's really mentoring, and it's called Confusion to Clarity. And what it does <laughs> is it helps you clarify. I, I say that my job as as a medium, as an intuitive, as an author, as a speaker, as a spiritual guide, really my my work is to reveal the truth about you, what you're really doing, not what you think you're doing, but what you're really doing. And then you can choose from an empowered state. So some of the questions that I would ask you if I were working with you right now is, April, what what is your heart calling? What is it that you want to do? There's the confusion. <laughs> um, I think my the heart calling is definitely to be of service. Um, I get really happy and excited when I am doing energy work that I do on people and touching them and able to access other dimensions to help facilitate their healing. That I know is my calling. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you what I read your spirit, your soul said to me, and you just tell me if there's resonates. Okay. I don't know exactly who I am or how to use my power. I have seen quite a few things manifest. I don't know how the energy comes through me. I don't know the source of it, but I know people have been moved. They've been healed. They've been emotionally healed. The physical follows suit from that, but I don't know how to own it. I don't know how to step in that and say, I am that magic presence. I am that healer. I am that energy conduit. You you move from not really knowing, not having the clarity, then, then you move to the transition of, and what I would offer for you and everyone else who is listening today is to say to God, universe, source, I am presence. To me, it's love. I don't care how you say it. For me, I call it God because I was raised in church from the time that I was 13 on. But I would say, God, show me who I am so that I can say yes. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. It's very simple. Yeah. Who I am so that I can say yes. You already know that you have abilities that you haven't tapped into. I want to tell you that as soon as before we even started this interview, as soon as I saw you, I went, I want to put you in my lap. (laughs) I 
I just want to hold you. I love you already. It's so beautiful, your light, your presence. But it's almost like you're fragmented from it, like pieces are here and here and here, and you haven't put the puzzle together. And most people don't realize that God and the universe are are requiring, say yes, and I'll guide you there. Hmm. Say yes, and I'll show you the path. Say yes, and I'll show you what your abilities are. And April, this is something that surprises everybody. But you didn't just come in gifted. You earned these abilities. So why not mature, come to a stage of maturation of understanding what your abilities are and then stepping into that power. And then then you really, you're just standing here in the I am presence and people find you around the world. Mm. That, I don't solicit. I don't really market that people find me around the world. And it's because I am, I am love. And if you are ready, you will find me and you will hire me because there's there's a spiritual contract that you and I have. And it's beautiful that way. Yeah, I would say that all resonates. I mean, I think the fragmented part of myself and I'm actually in two weeks going to be starting a mediumship training because um, I, again, have those abilities, but they're not fine tuned and I haven't been trained per se, but, you know, I don't really know how to turn it on or turn it off. And the fragmented part with maybe what you're picking up on, too, is that I feel like okay, I'm going to learn this skill. All right, I'm going to learn Reiki. I'm a Reiki master teacher. Okay, now I'm going to learn esoteric healing. And now I'm learning this healing modality. And then I'm learning this. And then I have my clinical background of being able to help people with the mind. And, but it's like, but then who am I? Like, I just feel like I keep trying new things and, you know, love this and resonate with this and move towards that. And, but I think ultimately what, you know, probably everyone is striving for is really how to, like you said, with the alchemy to, I feel that divine presence. I know it is within me. I do feel like it does come, but where's it coming from? Like you said, but to really bottle it up inside, to have it all just come from me, as opposed to feeling like I have to reach out to something and bring it in. And then, then that will heal as opposed to know that the energy is already there. Like it's so, I can intellectualize it so much, but I think it's really being in that state of being to feel it. I think it's natural because as an older soul, you want to grow and you're, you know, that you're the perpetual student. So for me being the teacher, I know that I'm equally the student. So I'm hungry. I did the same thing you did. I became a Reiki master. I went to this person. I went to this healer. I went to this medium. I went to that medium. I didn't realize that I was a medium. I didn't realize that I actually knew more than they did already. And I wasn't studying the books. I couldn't find the information in the books. Mm. Uh, This is where private mentoring and training really is helpful because the person is able, and this is a lot of what I do, especially in my life transformation where I'm with you for three to five days. Oh my God, do you want a quantum leap? Go into something like that, where we're really digging in, going into the garden of your life and saying, you got this pattern and it started here when you were five and this conversation happened. I can give those details. I can remotely view the past and then tell you the correlation of how it's come into the future, what it does, what your mindset is, what you think, what you put on your toast that morning for breakfast, who called you, what was said, what you thought when you were on your way to an appointment with me or whatever. Having that intuitive ability plus knowing the spiritual laws. 
knowing the game that we're playing is like having the complete picture. At some point, what I have seen a lot with my specific clients is that at some point we have to stop going to the books and just go direct. And when we go direct is when it really starts. It never looks like what we think that school is going to look like or that curriculum. We never really think that we're enough. We never really think that we're getting it. Even in the midst of everything that I went through with that book, which was six years of my life, even going through that, even having the miracles, I still was questioning me. So if you are questioning yourself and that is the energy within you, no matter who you go to, unless they're able to say, stop questioning yourself, I see that you're doing it, let me show you who you are, then you're just trying to feed something that you know is a need, therefore perpetuating the need. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. At some point, those of us that are spiritual teachers, um, if the spiritual teacher is not teaching you about you, what your abilities are, what your personality is, how you use this, because I teach mediumship, I teach people how to get rid of disincarnate beings, you know, entities. I teach all sorts of things. But if you're not learning, not just the spiritual laws or techniques, but you're not integrating yourself into that practice, then it's fragmented. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because you can get a teacher, like you can get Deepak Chopra and Dr. Wayne Dyer when he was alive and Marianne Williamson and so many of these people that know the laws. But if they aren't incorporating you, your personality, how you function, whether or not you have a good sense of humor, whether or not you're fun, if they're not incorporated private things, then it's not as relative. It's hard to make that segue. So to give you an example of this, yesterday I was working with the client and I said, you are becoming Shira. And she went, oh, my God, that was my she was my idol when I was young. And I said, well, but of course, <laughs> we're only going to give you in a session what relates to you personally that's private. When you know that you're receiving private messages from God, from source, from the universe, then you start to believe, wait a minute, there's no way Tammy could know that I worshiped Shira, you know, as a child. Oh my God, it woke her up and it mm. connected her to her inner thoughts, the inner voice, the desires of her heart as a little girl. That pulls in and makes you more of a whole being, you know. So I, I tell people, I say, please find the one. It doesn't have to be me. Please find the one that's done enough work that they can intuitively read you as well as teach you. That's when you know you're moving into a deeper level of growth and expansion. Wow. Love that. You question yourself, April. You question yourself. You have a thing going on in your life of I'm not ever enough. I'm not ever enough. And I would say, okay, that's BS. It's a belief system. Stop it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But most of the people that are your listeners feel that same way. Yeah. I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not loved. I don't have these abilities. And I sit here and go, really? Because you saw your grandmother three times. You're clairvoyant. And they go, oh, 
I did see my grandmother three times. You see what I'm talking about making it personal. Yeah, absolutely. And it reminds me too of another thing that I've heard, uh, you know, many teachers say is that like God doesn't want, doesn't want you to play small, you know, like don't make yourself small, like really step in to who you are. And I think that that has been a, probably a challenge for me as well to really step into that whole being being it feels like a lot of responsibility too if I'm being honest you know it's like what comes with that if I do that well I remember learning uh experiencing viewing and I didn't even know what it was and this is one of the reasons that I fell in love with Phil the inmate because I would go to him and go oh my god I was fine during this session, but now I'm scared to death. What does this mean? Am I more of a freak now? What's going to happen to me? Am I going to start traveling and visiting other realities? You know, and he's like that's remote viewing. That's what masters do. And I'm going, great, great. Now I got that. Uh, <laughs> but I will tell you that really nothing happens to you that you're not already prepared for. The better question would have been for me to have said, Okay, now I know that that is remote viewing and masters do that. How do I use it? Very calmly. The, the worst thing that we do, the worst, most painful thing that we do is when we get to the point where we are really in self-abuse because we are questioning ourselves. I pause because that is so big that when you are wondering, when am I going to get it? When am I going to understand what it is that I came here to do? Why don't I do more? What is wrong with me? What is holding me back? Why do I keep having the same relationship? Why do I keep having this problem with my mother or my sister or my my brother or my boss? What, what is wrong with me? That is self-abuse. And if you think about it, I remember God telling me one day, um, do you think that I made a bunch of crap? you think that I made shit? And I'm like, you're cussing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Do you think that I make crap? And I said, no. Well then stop beating yourself up. The ones who are really April, this may surprise you, but the ones that are really asking, am I enough already are more than, and already understand more than most people on the planet. We're the ones aware of the separation. And the separation really is the only work that there is to do here is to get rid of the degrees of separation between me and me, which is me and God, me and all other beings, me and the birds of the air and and everything. When you start to pull in and remember, then you become connected And when you become connected, there's no judgment anymore. There's only love. And for me, seeing people where they are, I just go, oh, wow, the highest good in me sees the journey of you. And I honor you where you are. I find no judgment. I find nothing wrong with anyone. We're really not missing anything. We just believe we are. Hmm. Yeah. And you also speak of these spiritual laws, like some of the teachers that know these spiritual laws, you know, the spiritual laws and, you know, you say you're living it in real time. This is like the barrier that I can feel out there. I'm like, I know it, but like the stepping into it. And like you said, you know, living it real time. 
I feel like I have an idea and I don't know if these are the right spiritual laws, you know, but about, you know, your, that your thoughts can create re- your reality. Intention moves consciousness. Um, what we intend to happen will happen. There was also a really profound, um, Another thing in the book uh, that God had said to you, because you were asking, you know, how come some people heal and some people don't? And some people that I work with are like healing. And and he had replied to you and said, because you asked and believed to the measure of your faith, it is done. You have great faith. I was like, wow. And, um, you know, so I so the spiritual laws, I just want to hear, you know, what what they are from you, because I feel like, again, understand maybe some of them, but, and can work them at some times, but it's not constant for me personally, you know, and then some of that self-doubt comes in. It was like, yeah, do I really have this blind faith that, you know, anyone that comes into my office and if I'm giving them a healing that their cancer will truly just be gone. And I don't know, I think I hold some doubt. You know, I'd love to be there in that true faith. And I know sometimes that with healing isn't always curing. And that there are, I think, if this is one of the other spiritual laws, that there are paths, like you said, assignments. And uh, sometimes people need to go through something, say, like a cancer experience, and maybe die from that, because that's kind of maybe what they signed up for. So I understand that, you know, there probably are some things within these rules that doesn't matter how many healers you go to or the self-emotional work that you do, that it may not be that you're supposed to heal something and live from it. So I don't know. I just want to, I want to learn more from you. So tell me more about the spiritual laws. <laughs> so much fun teaching, <laughs> teaching this and helping people to understand how this works. Um, first of all, if you recognize April, that you're questioning yourself and your abilities and you're not just an, an innocent child, this is what I do. I'm sitting there as an innocent child going, how can I be of service? I I used to ask people's spirit. I don't do that anymore because it's automatic. I would ask their spirit before I got on the phone with them or a Zoom call or or in person. And I would say, what do you want me to know? Because I'm really communicating with your spirit, with your higher self. I'm communicating with what is going on inside of you so that I can bring it to the forefront for you. If you are questioning yourself, then it's very difficult to step into the power of that innocence where I'm not responsible for whether or not you heal. I'm not responsible for whether or not you really are supposed to go with cancer. Now I'm such an empath that I will feel it. And I will know as soon as the person walks through my door, if they're here for an energy session, or I worked with a guy in California every single time I went to Daryl, I said, You did not come to heal this. I did when I first met him, but then he changed his mind. And I'll know when a client changes their mind. And I said, let me help you transition. And he would get angry at me. I'm going to write about him at some point because it was fascinating to walk through that journey with him. At the same time, I had another cancer patient who had not been diagnosed yet. She walks in my room with her girlfriend And I used to let them stay while one was doing a session or an energy session because their bond was so close that I knew that they knew each other intimately. But this day I said, Carla, you're going to have to leave. I've got to talk to Cheryl. I can't put her on my table and do an energy session until we have a private conversation. I'm not going to charge you. And it's going to be 30 to 33 minutes. And then I'll put you on the table. And as soon as Carla, the girlfriend left, I said, Cheryl, are you going to stay or are you going to go? Because we both know you have cancer. 
And I, what, if you can have somebody that can actually help you to see, this is what you're struggling with. This is what's going on in you. This is what your mind is doing. This is what your heart is doing. There's a conflict between the thought processes and the heart. Connecting. It's funny, but if you look at the lower chakras from here down, they're pretty much about survival. The upper chakras are heart, throat, third eye, you know, crown chakra. That's pretty much spirit. That is pretty much physical. We survive here. We are not thriving here. If you connect all of it and get that clarity and stop being confused, then you can decide, I want this to be whole. I want to use everything I came in here with. And I want to know what that is, God or spirit or universe, however you want to say it. And I want you to teach me how I communicate We try to use other people's techniques. When we are tied to the expectations instead of more of the innocence where I'm just like, you're going to communicate with me. Your spirit is going to tell me what I need to know. My clients are actually leading me. I'm just a follower. I look like the leader, but really I'm just following what you are telling me. And so being tied to an outcome is futile. And this is why I caution people when people say, Tammy, am I going to get this job? And I'll say, do you want the job? (laughs) We can create this job or something better. Um, We are disempowering ourselves when we are thinking, what does the client want? What am I here to do with you? Why isn't the healing working? What I was expressing was that in the preface of that book, I talk about Older souls come in with an awareness. I came here to do big things. And we feel that it's like a burden. It's like a burden. I've got to do something big. I know I came here to do something big. What is it? Um, if you just broke it down and made it simple, if, if you said, okay, I came here to do something big. I get in alignment with that. Show me what that is. I say yes to that path. Then you would not believe how many miracles would start occurring. When the miracles occur, we get freaked out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We get freaked out. We go, okay, what does that mean? What do I do with that? Is that ever going to happen again? You know, is is somebody going to miraculously heal like this overnight? Because in my 20s, people were walking in the door and I'm like, wow, you got a mess over there. Because I was scanning people's bodies, not knowing I was scanning them. And I still scan them. And I was like, you got a mass over there on your on your right abdomen. What's the test you have at the hospital at 1030 in the morning? And they're like, how would you know about the test? I said, go ahead and get it. But once I lay my hands on you, you're going to be healed. You know, so what was happening was that I was starting to open the mind, connect the heart with, I see this person healed. If I see them healed and they don't want to be healed, they like being a victim, they asked for the cancer, they created the cancer, and they are going to continue to feed the cancer, the way to get rid of cancer is to starve it. Cancer feeds off of fear energy and sugar. It does. So if you want to get rid of the cancer, One of the things that I did with Daryl was to work with him one day, and it took me eight hours. I'm not kidding. 
eight hours one day to teach him that every single thing that he thought of was about cancer. Because the laws of attraction, whatsoever you focus upon, you create. You mentioned something that is mastery level knowledge, and you don't even know it, that the intention energy is the projection with which something is created. You know, if I have an intention that I want to work with people, I want to be of service, but I really want to find out who I am and I want to know if this is real then how valuable is that going to be for a client? But if I just sit and go, I want to be of service, and therefore I am, find me, come to me, then you're not tied. You're not tethered. You're not interjecting anything in it other than love energy. You see the innocence of that? Yeah, I do. And it kind of feels like when you say like your client is leading you, that you're really just a facilitator. That's it. And there's not that pressure necessarily to perform or to be the healer or to fill some sort of expectation that maybe the people are coming to you for. You're just kind of seeing them and being the facilitator. And, you know, when you talk about being in that alignment, it reminds me a little bit of the principles in this esoteric healing that I was studying about where they say personality and soul coming into an alignment because the soul is your biggest cheerleader. It knows what you want. And it's the personality. If the personality isn't in alignment with the soul, then you're not letting the soul lead. Yes. And sometimes the personality or the ego or, you know, whatever that is that kicks us out of that alignment. Sometimes I think probably in my own personal life, I'm sure my listeners have felt this way too. It feels like, uh, soul, you're crazy. Why are you telling me to just <laughs> like get up, sell my things and move? Or why are you telling me to move here or to get rid of this person in my life? Like sometimes it, you kind of question it, like this is a little outrageous. And if I follow that, like, is this really going to support me? Which I just love so much in reading your book and all the uh, journeys that you went through because you just kept leaning into that, you know, and your soul and God was like, go do this, go do that. And you were like, really? Okay. (laughs) Like you'd go and do it. And sometimes I feel like when my soul will challenge me or say some things, um, I've been a lot better following it over the past couple of years. And it's become like a game and very fun kind of how your book plays out too. It's like, okay, this sounds really crazy and other people aren't going to understand why I'm doing it but the soul does it. And I think one of the things that stuck with me probably from another teaching that had happened was that when the personality and soul doesn't necessarily come into alignment, that's where you can kind of gunk up your energy or that's where like the flat tire or the car accident comes in, or that's where the stuff in the health starts to manifest because you're not living that soul centered life. And like you said, it's like, we are here to do something. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody, you know, came in for some curriculum as, as you say. And, um, and I think half of it is just us getting out of our own way. Well, we're not really paying attention to the fact that we are a Holy Trinity and the Holy Trinity is the spirit, the mind and the body or the spirit, the emotional realm, the thinking realm, and then the whole physical. It's not just the body, it's the entire physical. So if you look at it from that perspective, one of the things that I did, I was only predominantly paying attention to the spiritual side of things because the physical side was kind of like the Green Mile movie. It was too painful to actually be here and to be an empath and to be as sensitive as I am and to have a knowing that I do. It was too painful to be here and feel everyone. I was ready to go. I was like, 
God, would people just stop hurting each other? I feel it. It hurts. Let me go. Which was what that John said, you know, in the movie. Um, When I started realizing that I was avoiding being here in this physical and using the physical to balance me, you'll, you'll remember this. There was a part that I talk about in the book where for a year and a half, I'd seen this tree. And finally, one day I decided I'm going to walk to that tree. And as I got about 100 yards from it, I said, will you hold me? And the tree said, that's not the question, is it? The question is, will you let us hold you? So what I did was I was paying too much attention to the spiritual side of things. And then I started studying human behavior and looking at the emotional side of things. And then about two and a half years ago, I said to God, okay, now I need to integrate the rest of the Trinity and I need to know about the spirit, the mind and the body, which is the physical. I need to incorporate all three. I need to be pragmatic in my teachings, not just which which goes back to something I was saying about working with clients when you're when you're actually able to tell them, oh, this is what you physically did. You know, this is how you connect. They'll say, God, you You've told me more in 20 minutes than I've gotten in 20 years of counseling. And I said, because I'm dealing with you, because I'm dealing with how you assimilate things. I'm dealing with your level of intelligence. I'm dealing with whether or not you're fun. I'm dealing with whether or not you have a serious mindset. I'm dealing with how you learn that whole download of being able to read somebody that way and then to translate and communicate this stuff personally is what matters. What I did was start working with a business coach who is also a highly spiritual being, Tony DeSalimi, and he has helped me to ground it in the physical. So now my work has changed from just giving the spiritual laws, just giving the spiritual information, not only talking about the emotional trauma, pain, to get them to the point of freedom, but the pragmatics of how it has translated and worked in their lives now. And then what choices you can make. The most disempowered thing I think we all go through is not knowing that we have choices. We don't really know that we can change our lives in a holy instance by changing how we're viewing it, what we're focusing upon, and then learning how to place your order instead of, oh, I need my rent paid. I don't I don't know why, but, you know, I can't pay my rent. Believe me, I went through that. Having to move from that to, wow, I've really gotten myself into a predicament here. I'm homeless. I finally am renting something. I don't know why I got myself in this position, but I forgive myself. And now I'm going to ask you to help me pay my rent. And thank you. I've decided I'm paying my rent. Thank you. I can't wait to see how you do it. That's when the miracles occur. That's when you transition from a thought process focusing on that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. I've done that wrong, beating ourselves up to moving to placing your order and then just sitting back in gratitude and finding a miracle. It's it's amazing and it happens every time and I guide people to do that and it's fun. Yeah, and would you say that it is all about this this practice? I mean, if you 
if you study some stuff of like the neuropsychology and they're talking about the neuropathways and how, you know, this positive thinking and thinking more of, you know, through the element of abundance, seeing the world through abundance rather than lack and thinking that saying that, like you said, even your the way that you were talking about paying the rent, oh, you're going to do that for me. And that's wonderful. And I can't wait to see how that's going to happen. And the more repetitive that you do that, do you begin to move more into this miracle mindset? It's interesting that you're bringing this up about the neural pathways, because I, I told God that I wanted someone to study my brain. I happen to know that the neocortex in me, which is predominantly on the left side, is thinner and people who have these intuitive abilities. You would be tested that way as well. A physicist found me in a business meetup group that was about self-growth. He started studying my brain. And because of that, he started teaching me about the neural pathways. And then what I do, what I learned is that when we are in dopamine, which is predominantly where women stay, we are feeling everything. That's when we can get into fight or flight. When we're feeling everything, it's good to use that at certain points. It's good to use testosterone neural pathway when we are focused or in a direction. But that is a very narrow view. So what I do when I'm working privately with clients and I know that is in fear energy, I will give them a goal-oriented thought that I know intuitively they're wanting. And when they move from the using the dopamine neural pathway to the testosterone neural pathway, which is goal oriented, they don't feel it. They don't have any pain anymore. And so the whole consciousness of the laws of attraction that are real come into view. And then it's like, okay, where do I want to go? That's kind of the same segue. So you see how I'm using the physical, the emotional, the, the, the way the brain works now because I had a physicist teach me this. It's fascinating when you can put all of that together and then take one of those skill sets or tools that I've learned from studying from so many people and go, this one will work for you. And so I'll tell you, I'm just going to, I don't know why, but I feel some of you need to hear this. When your mind is racing, when your mind is getting out of control, when you're spinning and you're in fear energy and you really don't have answers, I, I would love to spend time, but I don't have the time to talk about love energy and fear energy, what it looks like, what it feels like, what the psychology is of it, how it feels to the body. But when you're in heaviness, when you're in fear energy, when you're feeling everything, and you're not looking at a goal, you're not looking at where you want to go, then you're running on a hamster wheel. And what I would say is there's a little saying that I give my clients that's quite powerful. And it is this, and you say it three times, and then you count backwards, 10 to 1. And the mind, it's like you erase the board. Because a lot of times I'll say, you're on the chalkboard, uh, stay on the chalkboard, try and figure this out by yourself or ask me questions and I'll tell you what, what is coming up for you. But this saying is powerful. I command my spirit to take the thoughts in my head and put them in my heart. I command my spirit to take the thoughts in my head and put them in my heart. I command my spirit to take the thoughts in my head and put them in my heart, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then sit for a second, and it's like everything is clean, and there's a blank slate. 
that is a way for somebody to really connect with the heart energy. What does the heart want? Mm. For you, what does your heart want? What, what is it that if you could do anything you could do, what would that thing be? And I will tell you what is so odd because my clients will come to me and say, I want to be clairvoyant. I want to be clairaudient. I want to be like you. And I'm like, are you kidding? You're already like me. Why don't I just show you how you use it? (laughs) I have a five senses class on my website. That's only $4 and 99 cents. And it was a master class. And I'm teaching people about the five senses. And then I went around the room and said, do you know what your top three are? Let me show you what your top three are. It's beautiful. And that helps you to know, oh, wow, I do use the five senses to communicate. And the, the main one that I use is feeling. You know, once you start self-identifying, then you can actually use the spiritual laws and spiritual principles, such as the laws of attraction, the laws of duality, which is polarity. There is an equal and opposite to everything. You get a great lover. That great lover is going to be as bad as he is good or she Uh, You know, if you understand, I'm going to experience a positive and negative. I'm going to experience duality. I'm going to experience the extreme contrast. This is why I don't get upset over politics or anything else. I'm like, oh, they're good and they're bad. I'm good and I'm bad. You're good and you're bad. Let's get over feeling that we have to be perfect or that anybody else has to be perfect because we're never all one. We're never all one way. We are both. We are here as spiritual beings having human experiences. We are in training. We are in the growth. We are going to fall. We're going to bust our mouths. We're going to bruise ourselves. We're going to bruise other people. And then you just get up and go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in training. And will you forgive me? And I'm moving on. We forget to forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. Gosh, you have given us so much. (laughs) I was writing stuff down left and right. This is probably one podcast that I am going to re-listen to over and over again. Um, And when you said that, you know, I command the spirit to take my thoughts and place them in my heart. Just hearing that, I felt it. Yes. You know, I mean, what a shift, you know, to just, I'm a very visual person too. And to like see that and then to drop into the heart that, that was beautiful. I have a group tonight and I'm going to share them. I'm going to share that with them. Yes. Yeah. And I also really love, you know, the takeaway of, you know, God show me who I am so I can say yes. Yes. That's beautiful. So I'm going to, I know, like you said, careful what you wish for. <laughs> There's a part of, it I have to say, it's like, you know, when I read your book and, you know, thinking about working with you too, it's like, gosh, I just, am I really ready? You know, am I really ready? It's kind of like, you kind of want to be this and step into that power. And then it's like, oh, am I really ready for what I'm going to get? <laughs> um, so, but that's the fun yeah. of it. Yes, you are. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tammy, (laughs) thank you so much. This was wonderful and awesome. And, um, you know, before we let you go, can you let my audience know, like what you do offer? What do you have on your website? Are you teaching classes? Do you still work one-on-one with people? Um, You know, what are you offering to others? Well, thank you so much, April. I have quite a few things right now. Um, I do teach classes. There are some really cheap master classes on my site that are just packed impact. I'm giving some of that way almost for free because I know that people are hungry. I'm on YouTube. I'm on social media. My website is TammyDemirza.com. There is a, an area where it says grow with me. 
under grow with me, you'll see what I do one-on-one. I do energy sessions. I'm very cautious about saying that I'm a healer. A medium is a healer. I want you to know that. Okay. Um, We're here to do spiritual work. You're already a healer, but what is other people's concept of a healer is, um, healing could be 50,000 things. Healing was helping Daryl transition in peace. You know, um, it's if this is what your path is, let me help you do that. I even talk about a lady in the book that I helped to transition. She came to me for healing, but I said, no, you're not. You're lying. You, you, you want to find out what's stuck in you that's making you not go yet. And then she passed six weeks later. So it's what I do is one-on-ones where I do private sessions and then I do mentoring And then the mentoring is six weeks and it's once a week, that accountability that, oh, I know that I'm going to meet with Tammy next week. So I'm going to, things pop up. You really don't have to prepare to work with me because as soon as you commit, all of a sudden it's like the universe goes, hey, this one said yes. We're saying yes. We're going to start bringing things up for you. It's spontaneous. The mentoring gets into the daily life. Then there is the life transformation. And I just came back from working with a couple that was ready for divorce. Um, There was abuse. There was name calling. There was all kinds of issues. There was negativity. There was fear energy. And now they're good. And I worked with them for 13 days straight. So the life transformation, I mark it or I say that I do it for three days, but you can do it for as long as you want to. And at your location, I was in their home. I was watching what was going on and the dynamics in the home and then gently going, you know, when this happened last night, can I tell you the deeper thing of what this is? Can I show you what this is actually doing to your family if you say this? And then setting boundaries. You know, using the pragmatic ways of this boundary needs to be set. This line does not need to be crossed anymore. If you do this, there's going to be punishment. I will tell you that this guy, the husband, was so belligerent that at some point, I finally, after three days, I said, okay, we're going to do something new. And he said, what? And I said, I'm going to charge you $50 for every time you cuss at me or every time you raise your voice at me in anger. Because now that you know you can't abuse your wife, now you're pointing all of that anger to me. Within 24 hours, I'd made $1,050. What? He stopped cussing me out. He stopped projecting the anger. And now he's not doing it to her. So sometimes it's just getting into the nitty gritty of your life and going, what can I do? And how can I show you for me? How can I show you what you're doing? Because if you know what you're doing, you're not going to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Powerful stuff, Tammy. I have a feeling I'll be reaching out to you. (laughs) I want to be honored to be of assistance in any way to you or your listeners. Yes, thank you. Well, you know, we have great listeners. I can't tell you how many guests have um, emailed me and said, thank you so much for the opportunity. You know, your guests uh, who listen to me have contacted me, you know, thank you so much. So I I feel like our listeners are ready to work. Um, They don't just sit and listen to our podcast. They listen, they reach out, and they are engaged with the people that we bring on because they're seekers, they're on their path. And that was our intention (laughs) for Path 11. 
And so, you know, our intent went out there and I think we, we have the right listeners and we bring the right people on and then we're connecting them, which is so cool. That's such a blessing, um, you know, for me. So, well, this was so much fun. I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but I know that we have to let you go, but thank you so much for being just the shining bright light um, of my day, hopefully of other people's days and uh, would love to have you back on anytime you would like, please keep us in mind. Yes. And I'll be checking out all the, 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 your offerings. I'll have to subscribe to your YouTube channel now and uh, I'm sure we will be in touch. So Tammy, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Namaste. Same to you. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Again, I just want to remind you, head on over to the sacredsexualmusicfestival.com website to purchase your tickets for the Sacred Sexual Music Festival, or you can visit pap11productions.com to purchase those tickets. I also want to give you a free code. Uh, This code is actually going to be for PAP11 TV. If you are listening to this podcast, you can actually watch our podcast for free on PAP11 TV, and you can start a seven-day free trial. And if you subscribe, I'd like to give you the code podcast 30 podcast is all in caps and that will give you some money off for your membership. Path 11 TV has over a hundred hours of video and you can download the app on any device. So head on over to your app store and look for the purple path 11 TV logo. It's beautiful. I love it. And I know you're going to love it too. All right. Thanks everyone. Take care.